0: There's a scene when we are in Myanmar and we had kept a secret from the kids traveling all through Myanmar and we finally got to Bagan and we got them up at four in the morning and they were like, oh my God, why why, parents? Why are you getting us up so early? We're like, we're gonna go see temples. And they were like, no, not more temples. And we were like, we're gonna go see them from a hot air balloon. And it was the most peaceful, Thing I could even imagine, and I, I said to like the balloon captain, I was like, "It's not windy at all up here," and she's like, "You're moving with the wind. There is no wind up here."
1: Welcome to So What's Your Story? Bonus Edition. This is Tony Russo. I, as you know, host another podcast called Beer with Strangers, and this week's guest on Beer with Strangers was supposed to be Lisa Daly, but as we got to talking. I thought you would much rather hear about her book than have stories about Bellingham, Washington, beer. So we're going to talk to Lisa today about her book, and it is called Square Up, 50,000 50, Miles in Search of a Way Home. Um, it's a book that she wrote while touring, touring the world with her family, and we're going to get into all of that. She's also um, an, independent, an independent publisher, just like Stephanie is, and so we're going to get into the independent publishing aspects as well uh so welcome lisa thank you for uh switching podcasts on the last minute
0: no problem thanks for having me all right so
1: let's start with uh let's start with your book so you took off uh almost an entire year with your husband and your kids and just darted off can you tell me about how you came to that decision
0: yeah, um, in, in 2010, during the Winter Olympics, um, we lived just south of Vancouver and we decided to take off while the world was coming to this part of the world, we'd wanted to go elsewhere. And so we took our boys on a two week trip to New Zealand just to kind of test out and see how they were uh, as travelers, you know, of uh, uh, great distances. And at the time they were eight and 10. And so as we traveled around New Zealand, we they were great. They were great travelers at eight and 10 year old, You know they weren't rambunctious they were interested in all the things that we were doing and then watching the olympics back home at the same time we thought let's let's go see everywhere in the world and we just kind of set our minds on this plan that um when my husband retired from the service that we would take off for a year and it just happened to be right at the time when they were you know at that awkward Awkward kind of teenage of middle school and just entering high school, and so we thought, what a great time to just take off for a year before they really get going in high school and see the world.
1: That's absolutely fantastic. And as a person who did not travel as a child, I'm always jealous of people who are like, yeah, well, one time I was in Borneo and I ate, you know, pig sticks or something like that. <laughs> uh, what were some of the What were some of the most interesting things? What do you, What do they think about the most when they think about the trip?
0: Um, I you know, it's it's been really fun to watch them as they grow and are now um, a freshman in college and almost 21 when they see things on TV, they're like, oh, yeah, I know where that is. We were there. Remember when we were there? And um, I know my college age son, he he likes to tell stories about the time that he put a scorpion in his scorpion on his head and when he ate tarantula in Cambodia. So those are the kind of stories that he really likes to tell and retail
1: and uh did you eat the tarantula and how was it
0: i did eat the tarantula we all ate the tarantula um it it was the waitress told us that it tasted like chicken and um it it didn't (laughs) (laughs) they were deep fried tarantula and the fun part is that before you eat the the tarantula they bring out two tarantula live tarantula on your table and you get to hold them, which I did, I did not do that part.
1: <laughs> so like you can make threats before they get thrown in the oil, is that the... Uh...
0: Exactly, it was, it was a little scary. My husband was the only one brave enough to hold the tarantula. Um, and then it's served with a, a black chili lime sauce. And I'm not sure who came up with black chili lime as the best accompaniment to tarantula, but that's what it served with.
1: <laughs> well, you figure it's crunchy and it's, you know, Southern. You want something spicy and a little, little wine so. yeah. and how was writing the book part of the trip? Or is that something that came later
0: on? It's something that came later. I mean, the, the trip itself came on the heels of some pretty profound loss in my life. I lost seven family members in the preceding five years before the trip, including my mom and dad and 26 year old brother and my father-in-law and a 16 year old cousin. So it there was a lot of loss for me and sort of being a woman who is always in control of her world, I really sort of lost myself. And so going on the trip was very much anxiety producing for me. And all along the way, I really settled into to travel. And I think I credit that a little bit with being able to step away from my life. You know not having the worries of getting kids to school or bills that i had to pay or things that i had to do or meetings that i had to go to or work and i really just kind of sunk into the world and i i blogged about the entire trip the whole time i was gone and we covered like 13 countries and 80 locations and so when i got back I, th- I think I really needed an opportunity to process it all again and really understand what the trip meant to me in my life. And so started writing about it and found that I really did need to go through and process it all again.
1: And what, what did you discover like early on in the, you know, cause, cause there's that, there's that first, you know, couple days of writing where you're like, all right, I got it. And I'm very excited. But like, what did you write that you're like? Oh wow! I didn't know I thought that.
0: Um, hmm, that's a good question. I didn't know I thought that. I I don't think that I understood what kind of healing different elements of the trip offered um, until I could really reflect back on it. You know, there was this moment in Singapore where we, my husband's a dentist, and so we visited um, a tooth, the Buddha tooth museum in Singapore, because. We found you couldn't really miss a museum <laughs> dedicated to a tooth when traveling with a dentist. So right. we stopped there and, you know, it was a very quiet, meditative space on the top floor. And the gu- a guide came and said, this monk would like to give you a blessing. And he brought us over and sat us down and asked us our names. And then he he blessed us and sang this song. And I think that in that moment, I, I kind of later understood that I he was telling me that I really needed to kind of let go of all this stuff I was still hanging on to. But I don't think I knew it in the moment. I think I really had to go through and write it and process it.
1: And now the 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 writing process itself, what was that? Have is this is this your first is this, I guess I should have asked before we started recording. Um is this your is this your first book or have you written books before?
0: This is my first full-length book. Um, I've always dabbled in writing and I've always dreamt of writing a book. This was not the first book I thought I would write. I, I've sort of had the, this outline or sketches of a, of a different story that I thought would be my first book and I thought I would write that someday. Um, but this is the book that came to me when I got home and the, the first the first go around was terrible. I can imagine I, I thought I could just throw all of my blog posts together and call it a book. And that was not the case. Yeah. Uh, well, and,
1: and the other thing is you, you have to get it out and in my own experience. Like I sat down and really like over the course of a little more than two weeks, right around two weeks, I, I had written 80,000 words, but none of them really made sense with one another. You know, and, and then you have to go back, and you have to, you know, pare it down and pare it down. And uh, what was the rewriting process like for you?
0: Well, luckily, I stumbled across this program called the Narrative Project, um, which I now am very closely intertwined with. But it's a nine-month, it's a nine-month class where you're paired into small groups, and you write, and you send your material in for critique, and you get it back, and all along the way you're learning about the narrative arc and the character depiction and the scenic depiction and all of those things that you don't even know when you start to write a book that you need to incorporate (laughs) and so i went through that process and then i went through a second time in which is a revision a second revision class that is tacked on to the end of that and rewrote it two more times and then went through a developmental edit and rewrote it again so
1: I, I'm I'm with you. I was uh joking with my wife yesterday. I said, I think I've read this book ten times and while I would be really happy if anybody read it once. I, I can't I have to say this is not the kind of book you can read ten times. <laughs> yeah. After after the tenth time it starts to it starts to lose a little bit of its shine and you know what that's go ahead.
0: I yeah, I know. I think you get sick of yourself. I, I was, like oh my gosh, who's ever gonna want to read this? I'm so tired of hearing these words.
1: I was convinced um, that it was awful by the by the ninth read, and uh, that's what I was telling my wife about because I said, you know what, this third part is just it's just slow and it's just I don't know. And then my publisher called and he's like, you know, I I just wanted to say I really like this book. I'm not, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I I didn't know I needed to hear that, but like that little bit of encouragement right at the finish line is sometimes huge.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got a little piece of that when I finally put it all together and sent it out to um, someone to write a blurb for the back. She wrote me back after 40 pages and said, your book came to me at the perfect time and I so needed to hear this and read this because I always view you as you know, this strong presence in the world and to see you having suffered in that beginning i'm the same and i so needed to hear this and i thought yeah that's it that's all i needed i'm good i don't even need to sell any books (laughs) it touched it touched one person so deeply that she was moved to write back to me and tell me that Uh, that was it that was good
1: that it, it is it is fantastic to get um to get to get that kind of feedback from like unbidden you you weren't you know obviously you expected them to say something nice about the book in the blurb, but -hmm. that's not the same thing as reaching out to you and saying that, wow, this book really meant something to me.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was just her personal note to me. That wasn't her blurb at all. So. (laughs) And
1: there's a transition here that I want to talk a little bit about because you are a publisher. Like, was it through this process that you became a publisher? How does, how did that kind of go back and forth?
0: I mean I did a little bit it all sort of evolved at the same time when we returned from our trip I had been with the same company um, for 10 years and my boss allowed me to go you know I had talked about for years about leaving on this trip and I think that he needed he knew I needed to go too, and so I had taken a leave of absence for the year and when I got back I tried to go back and you know, no one tells you when you're gone for such a long time, what a transition it is to come back. And we all, all four of us, even my, even my boys struggled a little bit to reenter school and to reenter those social circles. And it was different. Um, and I just found that I didn't want to do it. And so I, I went into web design, helping authors, especially a generation in front of me with who were lacking a little bit of technical knowledge um, get websites done and then a gal who I was acquainted with in publishing, um, had me start really helping her out quite a bit. And eventually she decided to sell her company and just kind of knew from the work that I had done that I was the one to take over.
1: And, so, and then it
0: just worked out that I could publish my own book in the end.
1: Oh, what's the, What's the name of your company? What's the name of the, of the publishing company?
0: It's called sidekick press.
1: And what did you learn the hard way about see? because. I, I'm, I'm almost happy that Stephanie isn't here because now she'll have to listen to the show. Um, but your, your process is very much like hers. Like In publishing her own book, it was just like, you know what, I should just do this. I'm good at this too. Um, and so what, what did you learn the hard way about publishing when you first got started?
0: Um, I think I learned that I couldn't do it all on my own. Um, I really thought it was maybe something I could totally tackle all on my own. And I really realized I am, I am not the best one to do every job when it comes to publishing. Um, and so I went out and I found a great cover designer who it does amazing covers for me and i went out and i went through a few different proofreaders before i found one that i really trusted and felt did a great job um and does some copy edit work for me as well so i think it was really sort of having to step out and say i can't do this on my own i need i need backup i need help to put it all together and
1: when you're talking um when you're talking to clients about you know the the, the things that you can help them do Do you recommend these people or are they part of your kind of package that you put together for them?
0: They're all part of my package. Um, I have I do kind of a hybrid model for publishing. And so there's like one price for for more narrative works and another price for poetry. And that includes everything from, you know, you hand me a manuscript. I'm going to hand you back a completed book with all everything done for you, including, you know, your ISBN and registration with the Library of Congress and copyright registration, all of the, all of that to the very end and kind of management of all the metadata along the way as well.
1: When you, when you say that though, it's sometimes books come to you and they're not ready. And I I know that can be uncomfortable. And how do you, how do you kind of handle that?
0: Um, I, I know that when I started to try and um sell my book um try to find an agent to represent me i got a lot of emails that were like no this isn't right and i got a lot of non-responses and i didn't ever want to be like that so whenever i read a manuscript that i feel is not quite right for publication i always try and take the time and let them know why it's why it's not a fit for me and where i feel like there could be some improvement and then i as much as I can, I try to point them to resources that can help them along the way.
1: And do you, do you find that they take that well? Is that something that you know that that do they do they seem to appreciate that more, or do they still t- kind of take it as a no?
0: No, I think, I mean, it's not a no. It's not like a hard and flat no. I just say, here's the things I need to work on, you know, and if you get to a place, I'm happy to take a look at it again, because I do think there's some great work out there. I just think that some of it's not ready for publication yet. Um, So I usually say, please feel free to send it to me again when you're, when you feel like it's ready to go. Um, And I think that they appreciate that. I mean, I've gotten a little bit of response. Some people probably take it as a no and move on. And others have said, okay, great. You know, I'll see what I can do. Thank you.
1: I'm, I want to switch back to your book real quick. When you are when you're kind of deciding like what, what gets shared and what doesn't get shared, are you worried about how do you take your, your family into consideration when you're writing? Cause you write some personal stuff clearly, but you're also writing about, you know, my, my husband handled uh, tarantulas and, you know, what kind of, is there a second editorial process where you're like, I don't know if I want them to see this or if I don't know if I want to say this about them out loud, that kind of thing?
0: No, I, I kept them, you know, the first time I wrote through, I actually didn't include my kids because I didn't want to... I didn't want to really get into the kids because I was really more of a personal memoir about me and my journey. Mm. But then everyone's like, well, where were the kids? Where were the kids? What are the kids doing? And I was like, okay. And so someone said, you know, bring in the kids, but kind of as background characters, you know, they're there, they can talk, they can do different things, but you know, they don't have to be front and center. And I did that. And so their lives are pretty much, um, you know, their, their lives are pretty much still intact. <laughs> I huh. didn't, I didn't really spill any big secrets about anybody. And, um, I had actually written a couple, I had a couple of smaller pieces from this book that went into anthologies. And then I had a reading and my younger son read one one time and he was like, Oh my God, you don't write about sex in this book. Do you? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's okay. And then he was like, <gasps> You had sex while you were traveling, mom? And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) So no, I spared all the gory details. I didn't, it doesn't really go into that. It's really, you know, the more personal aspects are all about me. Um, I didn't change any names. My husband has read the book and loved it. So I feel pretty comfortable with what's out there.
1: Can you talk to me about some of what ended up being your favorite passages, things that Again, like I, like we were talking about before, things where you, the author, see you the character learning something that you maybe weren't, right on board with.
0: Yeah. So there's, oh, if I tell you the end scene, that might not be good though.
1: Oh no! Don't don't spoil it.
0: Don't don't spoil it. Um, there's a scene when we are in Myanmar. And we had kept a secret from the kids traveling all through Myanmar and we finally got to Bagan, and we got them up at four in the morning and they were like, Oh my God, why, why parents, why are you getting us up so early? And we're like, we're going to go see temples. And they were like, no, not more temples. And we were like, we're going to go see them from a hot air balloon. (laughs) And that (laughs) kind of, that kind of piqued their interest. And so we took them out and we got in this hot air balloon and we were floating over these temples and it was the most peaceful thing I could even imagine and I I said to like the balloon captain I was like it's not windy at all up here and she's like you're moving with the wind there is no wind up here even if you were to stand still on the ground you'd feel the wind but up here you don't we're moving with it and that you know that really became sort of a right. oh light bulb I kind of have to move with the flow, and if I just stand in one place, it's going to blow against me. But if I move with it, you know, I can I can get through this.
1: That is absolutely brilliant. What a wonderful story. Thank you. Um, when you get to the point when you when you get to the point though where you're where you're cranking out the last thing and doing like the cover designs and things like that, how? Did you have a vision for the cover? Did you have a vision for, you know, what the pages would look like? Did you decide whether or not you're going to use photos or not use photos? These kinds of things. I, Again, those are the decisions that you don't really know you make. You sit down, you're like, okay, here's my book. And they're like, no, this is the this is the words that are going in your book. But now let's talk about the cover. Let's talk about the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your process I, there? guy?
0: Okay. I, I knew I wouldn't do photos. Um especially color photos because that jacks up the price oh, of yeah. a book so dramatically. Um, and I have a website you know where I blogged about this and I have incredible photos on my website so anyone who's interested can go out there and find all these incredible photos. and the cover I didn't I didn't really have a vision for the cover either and um, one of the gals in my critique group who who incredibly is the same age as me by a day, and is also writing a story about a trip around the world Um, she's also a cover designer so she said i'll design your cover and i was like great and and i was a little surprised when it came back i was a little shocked because it has my eyes on it almost like a kind of a window into my soul if you will and i was very intimidated by putting that out into the world and she said get over it she's like men are always willing there's look at go look at memoirs of men they all have an image of themselves on the cover and compare that to women they don't do it she said right away you will stand out trust me and i have to say i've gotten more compliments on the cover than than i ever imagined so
1: and i do want to ask about the title i i I'm notorious for not asking about the title. I always figure like, well, once I read the book, I'll figure it out. But where did where'd the title come from?
0: <laughs> well, the short answer is, once you read the book, you'll figure it out. Right, right. <laughs> um, so there's, there's a couple of different moments in the book. And um, one of the moments is when we're first traveling. And you know, if you've ever gone into a foreign place and been in like a busy market scene and you've got people tugging at you here and there and everyone trying to get your attention and sell you something, The four of us were trying to make a decision, and so I said, all right, family, circle up. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And so I'm like, I grabbed one son's arm, another one. I'm like, okay, now husband, close the circle. And my son said, mom, it's really more of a square. (laughs) And I said, fine then, square up, which is something that we still use to this day. So that's kind of funny, but there's, it also has some deeper meaning later in the book that I'll let you discover on your own.
1: One of the things that really interested me about your decision to, to go into publishing it is also this kind of trying to wedge yourself into a normal life when you've been eating, you know, spiders and riding in air, air balloons for the last nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, that transition, did you, how do I say it? I, how much of that were you able to keep with you? while you're returning to your regular everyday life you know how much of that is still with you now
0: the travel part
1: yeah the the kind of being able to see yourself outside of your everyday life like Mm -hmm. can you can you escape from your everyday life pretty easily now
0: i i actually can i and i think i can a little bit more easily than i could have had i returned to a normal nine to five you know now i'm my own boss and honestly, you know, with the work I do between, um, between web design and publishing books, I can do it from anywhere. Right. Um, I have a little show that my sister business and I, we go on the air every Wednesday morning with this little video show on Facebook. And this last Wednesday, I did it from my car, just be because I had an appointment that I had to make. So I was, you know, I was on the road. And in a couple weeks, I'm gonna head off to Montana and take my computer and I have to teach a couple classes, but I'm gonna do it, you know, from the backseat of my car. And I can do that. So I can, you know, I can leave in the middle of the day and go get a haircut and I can leave if it's sunny outside and go take a swim in the lake. So I love that freedom. I love the freedom that owning my own business and, and running you know that on my own offers.
1: And along those lines, you you came back just almost in time to be trapped for an entire year. So what was that juxtaposition like? With
0: <laughs> oh my samples? gosh, it has been horrible. <laughs> it has been so difficult. Um, we we actually we actually returned in 2016. So um, you know the trip was a while ago. It took about five years to get the book all all said and done. Um, but every summer after we returned, we'd take the kids on another adventure. So, um, a year after we returned, we went to Nicaragua f- and went volcanic- volcano boarding for a couple weeks. And then the following summer, we took them to Portugal for a couple weeks. And then we got locked down, and I had a trip to Chile planned with my writing partner, and we were going to have a writing convention in in Valparaiso, Chile, and we had to cancel. And we. So as soon as we were both vaccinated, she and I were like, let's go. So so last month we took off and went down to Vegas and Arizona to see family and friends and just hug people again.
1: It, it, I can't imagine I, I I was on the other side of that. I don't ever leave my house as it is. So, you know, I got to have my wife around more. That was that was that was a. I, I I miss my family. I miss my grandchildren so much that, you know, it made my head hurt but, um, I had a really great apocalypse. Otherwise I wrote my book, hung out with my wife. It was, it was really good, but I don't travel as it is. And I could, I can, I could see like people who traveled or people who were really interested in going out a lot. They, they took it hard. And I, I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine being that used to just going all the time and then, you know, locking down for a year.
0: Yeah. It, it was really tough. And, um, I, I'm so excited about this launch because on Saturday I get to go my book, my local bookstore village books, um, in Bellingham, Washington, which I think is one of the most fabulous independent bookstores in the world. Um, they invited me to come down and sign books live. And so there's this lovely park out, out the back doors of the bookstore. And so I'm going to actually go down and, all socially distant and masked up, I will be signing books outside for an hour before the launch. So I'm really excited to see people and see people I haven't seen in ages. And you know, I'm just, I'm so looking forward to it.
1: That's the the thing that I'm the most hesitant about. I've actually, so I have a daughter who lives in Pullman, Washington. Oh and, yeah. Which is nowhere near you, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's practically Idaho. And um, we're going out there, and I'm going to do a, a kind of a book tour across the country, where it's possible to get, you know, to get a signing, uh, where they'll, where where they're they will have me, and where I can, you know, obviously do it safely. Um, but how do you see yourself promoting the book beyond that? As things start to open up, is that is it something that you think you'll be able to get out and do more often? What are how do you promote the book? What is your plan for promoting the book besides talking to? guys like me about beer? (laughs)
0: Um, Definitely podcasting is a big factor in that. Um, Just because the number of people you can reach and I can still do that from home. Um, I do plan to go and travel to different bookstores and reach out as they open up. You know, I have, I have done quite a bit of direct mailing to all of the local bookstores in up and down the I five corridor. um, And hopefully I've been when I started my launch, I had this big ask of all my friends and said, you know, here's how you can help me, you know, tell me what you're willing to do. Are you willing to ask your bookstore to carry it or your library or are you willing to post on Facebook for me or here or there or anywhere? And so I really I really tried to gather a team behind me to to get the word out. And, you know, I'll be doing a lot of social media stuff. And um, I have some interviews scheduled. So I'm going to do everything I possibly can and spend the next year really promoting. Um, I also got into a program where the book's going to be in hotel rooms in the Hamptons over the summer. So I was excited about that as well.
1: Oh, that that's fantastic. Did you just call and say, Hey, do you want, want some books?
0: (laughs) So they have a marketing program that accepts, um, authors, you know, who have kind of big books and I don't have a big book now, but I said, you know, here, here's how my book is relevant in this time. And I just pitched it to her. And so she accepted me. So I was really happy about that.
1: That is super cool. I'm very jealous. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. And last but not least, we're, uh, kind of running out of time here. So where can people find you? Where can people get your book? Um, all of those things.
0: So I would definitely say, ask your ask your independent bookstore to carry it if they don't have it they can always order it online under standard you know book terms and um if all else fails they can get it at sidekick press um or the you know the big amazon though that's not my first choice but you know that it is what it is out there
1: what i've been saying is if you think jeff bezos needs the money more than me then go ahead and buy it on amazon
0: right yes (laughs) Sidekick Press is, is a great option, but also, you know, I'm all about supporting local independent bookstores, so ask your local bookstore to carry it or to order it for you, or you can even order it from my local bookstore, which is Village Books, um, or IndieBound, books, org. any of those places carry it.
1: And where can people find you socially?
0: So I, my author website is lisa-daily.com. So lisa-daily.com. And my travel blog is also accessible from there. And I try to write about all the trips we take and here and there and everywhere.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and, uh, and good luck with your book.
0: Thank you so much. You too.
1: So what's your story was produced by saltwater media an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. Visit them at www.saltwatermedia.com. You can find the podcast page at SoWhat'sYourStoryPodcast.com, where we have links to the author's work and short bios and lots of other fun stuff. You can also reach us via email and social there.
0: Tell your story.